Is it too late to wish you a happy new year? I don't think it's too late to wish you a happy Cortexmas. Yeah, I, th- I feel like we need to really do that before um, because Cortexmas has happened. If we say it's going to happen now, that's not true, right? Because there will be more soon. But we have had we had a lot of Cortexmases in the last year, though, let's be real. Right? There were a lot of them. Uh, so <laughs> were there? I don't know. It felt like there were so there were so few. Like Cortexmas is such a precious time. And I guess that ties into your 2017 theme. <laughs> Uh, was it? No, wait. Mine was the year of less, right? You were like year of something or other that no one could work out. You don't remember my theme for the year? I'm I'm disappointed. You don't remember my my confusing, poorly articulated theme for the year? I didn't. No, I didn't remember it. <laughs> it's written in front of me, and I still don't know what it meant. Um, so we are gonna we're gonna talk about our yearly themes, um, but mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about last year's. We're gonna evaluate how we performed. Mm against our yearly themes um mm-hmm. so we kind of established these in episode 44 of cortex and spoke about them a little bit more in episode 45 if you're catching up it's probably worth listening to those um as well mm. so you can hear us establish our themes uh, my theme of 2017 was the year of less which was your right. 2016 theme right that was where that debuted is the the year of less um, wow, we've done this for three. This is the third year. Wow, the third is, time real, that we've done. It's this. becoming a real tradition. Hmm. Yeah, I think that the 2016 one wasn't as like set in stone. Like it wasn't as set in stone, but hmm. it was just like something you mentioned that that was what you were thinking about in that year, right? But then I think uh, it might have been in 2017 where we started to like think about this as a thing. That, that's when we started to lock ourselves in mm-hmm. to get like okay. a real tradition going, which is important. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I find traditions to be very important in podcasts. People can look forward to it. And it's something Mm -hmm. that is obviously caught on because I had people even in person tell me, when are you doing the 2018 theme episode? So people like it. Yeah, I've got to say, people people do like it. I had a number of people um, mention in person to me as well, like they were thinking about their own themes for the year and i've seen a bunch of chatter on the cortex subreddit about what people are going to do for their own themes yep. for the year so i, I do say I, I think people like it and you know when we started talking about this i just again reiterate that i i really much prefer the idea of a theme versus a goal uh i still i still feel the need right now to to be able to back out and say like you don't necessarily need a theme every year it doesn't need to be a tradition we don't absolutely have to do this maybe some year it doesn't make sense to do right but no but that that year will just be the year of no theme right so that that's how that works right okay that's how that works that the yearly theme stuff was so much better than resolutions because yeah, resolutions are dumb. What you are doing is creating a f- like a basic idea or framework that you can build mini goals and resolutions in throughout the year. Yeah, you know, like instead of me saying, "Oh, my New Year's resolution is to hire somebody," it was no, right. I'm going to be doing a year of less, and then part of that might be doing this, but I want to see how it goes. So it works way nicer because it's more open-ended. It's just a phrase as opposed to like a thing that has an actual like binary yes or no, did I achieve it? And I think yeah. that, that is a much nicer way to think about my working life. So I appreciate that introduction to that idea. Yeah, it's it's way better for, for the reasons you said. I also like the idea that you don't feel as bound by it. Like if, if someone sets up a theme for the year and they realize halfway through the year it doesn't make sense... It's not the same thing as like, oh, I've set the goal that this yep. is the year I'm going to be really healthy, and now I'm just a big fat failure. Right? It's it's a different it's a different thing of like I want to adjust the theme midstream. You know, like it's 
it's a much better way to think about things. And again, like I'll say that these are like my personal feelings on it. So for my company, we have goals mm-hmm. and objectives that we want to hit, right? Mm. Related around hard numbers and percentage increases of those numbers. But for myself personally, I don't really like to set those really, really rigid goals as such. Um, and, mm. and I think it works better. Like a company is made up of a selection of people. And I feel like that the goals, if you if you want to look at like, oh, what will our revenue be like? Or how many listeners will we have? Right. There are types of things. Setting goals yeah. and objectives for those makes sense because it is vital for the existence of the business that those things remain or grow. Where like for me personally, it is not vital to my existence as to whether I, well, maybe I was going to say whether I go to the gym three times a week or twice. (laughs) Possibly it is. Maybe that's a bad example. But like it is not vital to my existence of like, oh, uh, how many books am I going to read this year? Like that doesn't, I don't, I don't live or die on that metric. Yeah. I was, I was just, I was starting to laugh because I was thinking, yeah, it's a theme is personal to an individual which is also why it wouldn't make sense for a company to do it. Like I was thinking if, if uh, Tim Cook came out one day and was like, we have, we have a theme for the year for Apple, right? And like, uh, what's, what's going on with Apple this year? And he's like, oh, our theme for the year is beauty. It'd be like, uh-oh, right? <laughs> this company's in real trouble. Uh, because it's also like, it, it would just, like, what does that mean to people, right? You need to then mm-hmm. let up, have all these bullet points. So I, it's like, no, no, if you're, if you're a company, you need some goals, right? You need some metrics. Uh, but for your flourishing as an individual human, a theme is a, is a much better framework in which to operate. So tell me, Mike, how did your year of less go? So I actually had two yearly themes. Um, one mm-hmm. of them established itself halfway oh, through right. the year. Yeah, see? They're very open to change. I did a, uh, I, I took it and turned it, right? I, I innovated on the, on the yearly theme idea. And we'll get to the second one um, in a minute. But my, the one that I established mm-hmm. last year, the beginning of the year, was the year of less. Uh, because I had spent a year talking to you and looking at all of the things that you were doing and the improvements that you were making on your working life. And throughout those conversations, I decided that there were things that I needed to do for mine. Um, and one of the big, big things for Year of Less uh, was to get help, to get some mm-hmm. kind of assistance. Um, and I did. We hired an assistant. Um, and this person has been excellent for us. And we're giving more and more and more to them. And it was a lot of work to get going. My gosh, my gosh, was it a lot of work to get going um, <laughs> with the interview process. And then after all of that, you've got to like help train someone, right? You can't just be like, oh, here you go, do your job. Can you remind me when when in the year did that happen? Like when, when were you doing interviews? Uh, at the very beginning of the year. I think it was maybe like February or March or something like that. Okay, so it was very early in the year. I, I just wasn't sure. It was very early, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we did it. I mean, just going through, I, I, was, I don't know if I spoke about it at the time, but I'm happy to say it now. I think we got like 150 uh, applications for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we took 10 people to interview. Now, we thought, oh, 10 people's fine. That's 10 hours. And we did it in one week. It was like, it was t- it was a lot of work um, to go mm-hmm. through all of that information. And 150 is a lot when and it kind of gets a little mind numbing because so many people write the oh, same yeah. stuff, right? Like, I mean, that's you the way that it's funny. You kind of think, and I know I've been in this position, you think that there is a specific way in which you should apply for a job, right? The things that you write and the things that you say. But the mm. problem with that is you then just blend in to mm. like to everybody else. Like going through some of these applications, 
I kind of was unable to tell where one person ended and the next person began by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And then, but you've also got the the opposite problem. If you try and stick out too much, you maybe take a bit of a risk. It is a tricky thing to apply for. It's a, a deli- it's a delicate balance, yeah. Because if you stick out too much, now you're the weirdo, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh, okay. This is the application that sticks out way too much. There are certain types of jobs where it's easier. Like with yours, people were able to provide you with a piece of work, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is like a an entertainment quality value which makes somebody stick out, I guess. But for me, it was just like, write me a cover letter. Like that was what I wanted to see. And it's always just text. I mean, and, and so yeah, it felt like it was blending in a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't like to read that I didn't enjoy it. Who knows? <laughs> No, but it's it is it's going to be the case that when you when you start talking about 150 people applying to a thing, uh, this is this is where again like people then start falling into categories. Like you're mentally you can't deal with 150 people in your brain, and so you start like binning people into groups, and that and that's where it's like oh the di-. like I have a lot of sympathy for everybody applying to any kind of job. Because that's that's part of what the the trouble is 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 like trying to trying to indicate to the person who's reading the applications what kind of person you are and and like that you can do the job and, and like how how do you signal that when your only tool is a resume it's yep. it's incredibly difficult and and the issue is it if you as the hiring manager want to get this done in a timely fashion. There is nothing you can do than to just disregard some people, right? Like oh, yeah. you re- and it's a shame, and I wish it kind of wasn't like this. And you could, in theory, if you had a month to make your decision going through the resumes, then you could read everyone and consider them all. But if you are trying to fill a position, which typically, whenever you're trying to fill a position, speed is always good, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That There, there is just an, an unfortunate part of it in that you have to disregard some applications i mean and I've, i i hired when i was working at the bank i used to hire as well it was part of what i did and it was the same thing there as well it's like some people you're just like i can read this and feel like i have a good sense of the type of person you are and you're not the type of person i want for this job and it's like mm-hmm. but have i really looked at it in detail unfortunately not but there's kind of nothing you can do about it so sympathies to anybody applying for jobs it is horrible yeah. um but anyway it really is the interesting thing, uh, I probably could have predicted this, but it's good to know that whilst it is all great to have to do less work of my own, right? So I have somebody who's able to take work away from me and do it for me. That's actually not the value. The value is less aggravation. I mm. have less mm-hmm. aggra- I, I find myself being less annoyed at work because there's this thing I have to do, right? I am able to move around some of the tasks that are less enjoyable or just things that I've done too many times. You know, mm-hmm. like there were some weekly tasks, right, which I've been doing for three years every single week. And it was like a spreadsheet-based task. And it's like, well, I get no joy out of this anymore. I used to enjoy it, but I don't like it anymore. And I could sit down to do it on like a Sunday evening or a Monday morning. And it was like, oh, here we go again, right? And being able to pass <laughs> that stuff away, I have way less tasks that I have roll my eyes at now. And that mm-hmm. has been a wonderful result of my yearly theme it is it is not it, basically it's like a year of less comma work slash annoyance and that's right. been great right 
Um, the other thing that I did as part of my year of less was time tracking. And that ended up becoming a thing that I would eventually start doing. It's like tracking my time. And the benefit for me is that time tracking has had and continues to highlight areas that I was spending too much time in, right? Everybody was like, oh, here are the things I'm spending too much time in this, blah, 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 blah. But it hasn't, again, that, that was what I expected would be the case, right? Like, oh, it would tell me the things I'm spending too much time in, and then mm. I would stop doing so many of those things, right? That was my initial thought. That was my hypothesis. In the same way that, like, hiring an assistant means I will do less work. But the result has actually been time tracking has helped me highlight how much work I actually do. And mm -hmm. those numbers make me feel psychologically better because anybody that runs their own business, especially, but anybody that is very invested in the work that they do can, can get into a situation where it's on your mind all the time. Yeah. yeah. So you feel like you're working 24 hours a day. So to be able to look at, graphs and charts and say like oh on monday i actually only worked for five hours not 23 there yeah. is like a psychological benefit in that for me where i don't feel like i'm as busy anymore because i actually have some stuff that i can point to yeah i think the phrase you used uh earlier in the year talking about this was was that you can talk back to your mind and i think that's that's a great yeah. That's a great phrase because it's when your brain thinks that you've been way busier than you actually are, it's, you know, it's busy releasing all of the stress hormones and worries that are related to that. And it's a, it's a way to try to calibrate your brain to say, like, yes, we're, we're busy, but it's not what you think it is brain. So you, like, you can chill out. We don't need to be at 11 on the anxiety meter of all the stuff that needs to get done. Like we can take it back to a much more reasonable level. And here's a spreadsheet that you can look at, which proves this to you. Uh, so I, th I think that's a, that's a really good point about the time tracking. Yeah. The service that we both use toggle, um, they have good, they have pretty good reports. And mm -hmm. when uh, the year ticked over, um, our mutual friend Federico Vitici, he tweeted, he's like, he tweeted his graph, right? Like his pie chart to show like how his work was split up. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I looked at mine and I, again, always find interesting things. 50% of my working time in 2017 was spent editing podcasts whilst 25% was recording. This is not a surprise to me um, because I, some projects don't take twice the amount of time they take to record but some take four or five times right depending on what the, the 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 show is and what i'm doing and when i i mean i kind of shared this online as well because i thought it was very interesting and i had a few people reach out to me offering their editing services right mm -hmm. and it was like it is interesting that that is what people take from it they see that and they're like oh you must want to do less of it but i don't really like, that's not what that means. It's like, okay, I see it's 50% of my time, but I consider that time valuable. Right. And there have been projects in 2017 that I have handed over to somebody else. Actually, I'm just about to hand over another show to be edited by somebody else, which is great because it's it's probably one that, well, I know this person can do it very well and there's no need for me to continue doing it anymore specifically. So mm -hmm. it's fine, right? I can hand that one over. But I'm not dying to do that for any of the projects that I'm currently doing because we work with some very talented 
editors. We we have a few people that we work with at Relay FM who we give these projects to. So I know there are people that can do it, but I don't feel like I need to or want to. Like I think people look at some of like they look at podcast editing or they look at some task and they're like, oh, that's just like monkey work, right? You don't mm. want to do that. But I make podcasts. That's my job. Like that's what mm-hmm. I do. And part of that is the editing of them. So it's like would uh, someone's like, oh, you do 25% of your time is spent hosting a show. You should give, I should do that for you, right? Like right. I can take some of that time away for you. And it's like, well, no, right? It's, but it's the same thing to me. And I think you would agree, right? Like you could hand over the editing of all of your shows, but you choose not to. It's, it's mm-hmm. something you can get help along the way, but you still want to be involved in it. Yeah. And like what you, what you ideally want having brought on the assistant is to see that in the the pie chart of your working life that a larger percentage of it is being made of what are the like the core value producing yep. activities that you engage in and the, the editing is a, is an example of something that it's like invisible work right when a show is well edited people are not aware of it and so people can easily think of something like that as, oh, you can just have somebody else do that. But for some of the shows that you work on, you know, like the 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 voice of the show or the particular way that things come out is is really dependent on exactly the edit. I have to say, I am a little bit surprised at the at the ratio of your editing time versus recording time. I was surprised about it. I was. Uh but like I see it and I'm like, okay, right? Like it was a surprise to me, but it's like, if that's what it takes, that's what mm-hmm. it takes. I mean, okay, I will also say like podcast editing also includes all of the posting and all that sort of stuff. So it can add a little mm. bit more time on every time, right? Like, you know, right. it might add like 15 minutes on every single time. Okay, that makes more that makes more sense though, actually, than, 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 that, than that ratio. It includes everything that happens from the moment I open Logic to the moment that the show is posted, right? Like it includes all hmm. of that stuff. Um, hmm. I had like a show posting thing for a while, but it, it just seemed silly to me because it was just stop one timer, start another timer. Because by and large, I post a show immediately after it's finished editing, typically. right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have many shows, so that's not the case. So I kind of just leave that one that one thing so I mean the, the ratio I actually was kind of happy with that it's like I start with preparation double the amount of preparation is into recording and then double the amount of recording is into editing I was like okay like that's that's interesting that's kind of how it breaks down for me so yeah I feel like it all kind of works out yeah I was just I was just pulling up uh my own report because I was curious to see and of course this is it's not entirely fair but I was looking at with Cortex like what is the ratio of preparation and editing versus recording time and mine is a lot closer to 50 50 but that's because i'm able to out able to farm out most of the work of producing cortex to you mike mm-hmm. um but i was just kind of curious to see to see what it is that it's that for me the ratio on this show is a lot closer to 50 50 for how much time is recording versus how much time is involved in in absolutely everything else yeah and, and i guess it's worth mentioning that a vast percentage of my podcast recording time is cortex 
That's a, I, was, I wasn't going to ask, but I, I figured that this is, I know that this is the bulk of the work Yeah. Uh, in terms of, in terms of any particular show, how much time do you spend editing? And I know that I, I, I place a, a heavy editing, editing burden on you, Mike, and I apologize for that. There is no, uh, I've said this many times, there's no apology needed. Like I am happy <laughs> to do it uh, because the show, it all works out, right? Like the time that I put into it, the compensation works great. Like it's fine. Like mm. I, I'm happy to, like if the show is this show had like 500 people that listened to it I wouldn't do this right, right. but it, but it all works out at the end of the day so like it, I'm fine with it right like it all works out but it says the other thing like looking back on the year for you of of trying time tracking like do you like you said with this show you feel like the amount of time you spend on it and the reward you get from it is is comparable do you feel like now with a year's worth of data that tracks well across all of your projects like do you feel that your projects get the amount of of time that they deserve or do you feel like there's stuff that's over or underserved i think by and large i am happy with the balance of my stuff um especially because you know i've seen some of those things go down so some of uh, again, so I, I'm going to put a link to this image in the show notes so people can see it and uh, give a bit of color around a couple of things. So, you know, you can see some of these things are self-explanatory, right? Editing, recording, mm. show preparation, sponsor booking. That is like when we have a sponsor and we're inputting all of their information and dealing with contracts and stuff like that and, and also contacting new people. It's all of that kind of stuff. Sponsor aftercare. That's just a phrase that I made up. Uh, that just means like answering questions and working on things that people need right so like Mm -hmm. uh, our sponsors might need certain things that decreased significantly for me as the year went on um because this was a lot of stuff that we handed over to my assistant is the Mm -hmm. aftercare stuff so like dealing with people's queries and questions and stuff like that the the one that i was really surprised about was high how highly the max stories project (laughs) was was. i was just looking at this the fact that mac stories even registers as a thing for the whole year is hilarious to me that was the production of the audiobook (laughs) that i put together uh it was a significant portion of my year so that was a big surprise it taught me some Mm -hmm. some things to think about for the future if i'm ever going to do that kind of thing again because it also went higher then so relay fm general is typically whenever me and steven have calls about the company Mm -hmm. i did less of that (laughs) (laughs) Then in time in the entire year than working on the audiobook so that was fun that was a fun thing to see but the the overall balance of this list uh i am i have no immediate need to change any of it Mm -hmm. like i am happy with it Uh, i did look by the way and um cortex accounts for 10 percent of the overall editing time Mm. which i okay so 10 percent of that 50 percent yeah 10 percent of the of the 50 percent so it was about it was about 70 to 80 hours right now that's interesting because i mean our show is effectively one every three to four weeks pretty much on average no no it, no it's just way more frequent than that it's Mike. Not, you're exaggerating no no now. it's about three because it used to be every two weeks most of the year it's mm-hmm. been one every month like a 2017 mm-hmm. so we're about three weeks i would say is, is fine mm-hmm. but every other show i do by and large is weekly i have a couple of fortnightly shows so 10 percent of that overall thing is significant right there is some significance in that so uh, that we're getting really into the weeds now, but time tracking uh, was very good because now I am able to value my doing nothing time significantly more. Mm. I don't feel like when I'm doing nothing, 
when I'm playing Stardew Valley. I am not like, oh, I'm, I'm not working. I'm not working. I've not done enough today. I don't worry about that stuff anymore because mm-hmm. I have a much greater sense for how long it takes me to take care of my work. And right. it turns out it's not 15 hours a day. It's more like six or seven, right? That's mm-hmm. typically my work amount during a day, but it's spread throughout the day, right? So it feels like the, the work day begins at eight and ends at two because my work happens at chunks throughout the day. But once I got a better handle on how my time was spent, which I did this year, I was a, I'm able to value everything more than before. So that has been a great, a great goal for me, a great thing to achieve. Yeah, I think that that is, um, I mean, this sort of jumping ahead a little bit, this does tie into some of my own thoughts for the, the previous year. But yeah, being able to, being able to turn a bunch of that doing nothing time mentally from from like a like a guilty pleasure into no i'm i'm just doing this and it's fine uh is a big psychological advantage and like it is difficult for everybody but it is also especially difficult if you're self-employed like this is a thing that i just when i talk to people who are self-employed is a is a constant refrain that it can be that you have so much that is under your control, but it can be very difficult to enjoy your free time because mm-hmm. there is this endless list of things that could, in theory, be done. So it's it's really great to hear that that the time tracking is helping you feel like you have evidence to show your brain that you've done stuff. You have a good estimate of how long things take you. And then that that makes your doing nothing or relaxing time more able to be valued in in the moment so that that sounds like a really great improvement and another thing that i was even surprised to discover so i have no idea i don't know if anybody cares enough to pay attention to this kind of thing Mm -hmm. but i i would say this is probably a surprise for anybody that does pay attention including myself for the first time in maybe my entire podcasting career 2017 was the first time that i have not launched a new show that i have been a part of I find I find this totally shocking. I, I couldn't believe it. I yeah. I found it out by accident because I was for, for some other purposes. I was looking at all of the shows that we've launched in 2017, mm-hmm. and I realized I'm not on any of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you mentioned this to me, I feel like it blew my mind. And I, 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 I couldn't I believe like, it. No, surely you're wrong. Surely you're wrong. But I'm not wrong. Right? This is the first time ever, and I was like wow, this is a big surprise to me. How do you feel about that? What it tells me is that I internalized the year theme. Mm-hmm. I have had ideas that I've just not done because mm-hmm. that's adding more, right? A new show is adding more. And I mean, I had some projects that I'd been working on in 2017 that I killed at the last minute because I came to realize how much work they would have taken and I didn't believe that the value would, would be there ultimately, either creatively or financially. So I decided not mm-hmm. to go through with them. And this isn't a thing. So when we talk about my next yearly theme, it it is building on what I learned and how I think to go forward from it. But this was a big surprise to me because I, I really do believe that this is the first time in seven years that I have not launched a new show in, wow. in an entire calendar year period. So... I think that that tells me that the year of less theme was was a significant success because 
I internalized something and basically stopped myself from this habit that I have built up over the last seven years of every time I have an idea, I just do it. <laughs> so I, I was pretty proud. I was pretty happy to see that. It, it's, it may sound like a strange thing to do, but, but I, I, I feel like I am so congratulatory towards you on that because it is really hard not to just go with all of the new projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when you, when you have the power to make those projects happen nobody can stop me right yeah no exactly it's like (laughs) nobody can stop you which is the best and the worst part of it right like you want you want to do a new project like there's nobody to stop you and and it's always like the new the new project is always more exciting exciting. than the current Mm -hmm. current project right it's always like ooh, this new project so exciting it's turning my head it's like well you know but it takes it takes a lot of recognition and ability to to not pursue all of those things so yeah whenever it was you told me a couple weeks ago that you hadn't you know done a new show in 2017 and i, I just found it mind-blowing but it, i really do think it's great and i would also suspect that this is this is partly a better ability on on your part after having done this for many years to have a sense of what a potentially good payoff for a project is or isn't yeah. Like when you're when you're newer, it makes more sense to just like try a bunch of stuff and see what what sticks on the wall. But, you know, now now that you are an established podcast person, you have an established podcast network and you now have a better sense of the value of your time. It makes less sense to go off on a whole bunch of new projects like they can be damaging in a way. And you also probably have a better internal mental compass about what are the valuable directions to go in and and not everything that occurs to you that seems like a great idea one week is is a good way to go the following week yeah like i've made a conscious effort that if i have an idea and begin on it i don't launch it quickly like i spend i have i have i mean we've had shows that we even have artwork for that will never be used. Now, I've seen some of that artwork. You've seen some of it. It's very nice. It's wonderful. It's actually one of my favorites ever, but no one's ever <laughs> going to see it. Don't ask. You won't see it. Um, Sorry. Maybe I'll use it for something one day. And if I ever use it, then I'll, t- I'll tell you that, that's what it, that it was for the secret project. Um, but right. it was just... The, the, I, I kind of let it gestate a little bit and decided that, no, I don't think this is the right thing for me to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had a few things like that this year, and I think it's been of great benefit uh and it, and i say it ties into my 2018 theme which we'll talk about in a bit because i still have i had a lot of things i had a lot of stuff to say this time <laughs> halfway through 2017 i started my second yearly theme which will run until june of this year which is the the year of positivity slash optimism i refer it to both things i can never remember which one it is but we'll call it the Mm -hmm. year of optimism right and it follows the apple calendar year it follows the apple calendar year so wwdc to wwdc um so much of my life is focused around talking about technology with a significant focus on apple anybody that listens to this show knows that and 
2015 to 2016 to 2017, there was a decline in overall excitedness amongst people mm-hmm. that, that care about Apple products. There was a lot more frustration than there ever had been. And this really mm-hmm. culminated in the beginning of 2017. It was just a bad time. There were no new products. Everyone was happy. Yeah. No matter what you liked, there was nothing for you. Yeah, I still think of this period of time in my mind as the the Apple Valley of Darkness that we were wandering through. Yeah, it was yeah. a very it was a dark time. If you cared about this stuff, it was a dark time because everything that happened was not good. But then WWDC 2017 was like the apology year, and everybody got something. It, it was mm-hmm. Tim Cook turned into Oprah, and everyone got something. Right, like mm-hmm. there was something under everybody's seat, and we all got the thing that we wanted. So. I decided to make a concerted effort, which I'm still working on, that I would try and be more positive um, and optimistic when talking about Mm -hmm. technology um, because that's what I enjoy. I actually don't like being mad about it. Um, I like to enjoy it. That's why I talk about it. It's not fun. So uh, I've been focusing on that. And of course, you slip every now and then, but the the overall feeling is that it's going to be cool and we're going to enjoy it and it's going to be great. So I'm happier to talk about this stuff on shows now because i'm generally more happy about it so that was uh that's my themes they were my themes of 2017 and i'm very happy with them yeah i feel like the the year of positivity at least from my subjective experience was uh it was good it was good timing and also uh sort of like good for your mental health because yeah it's like yeah i also listened to a bunch of these shows like the same shows that you listen to where it's like everybody's wandering through this valley of darkness together and it's like yeah it is it is terrible, but at a certain point, you just get tired of listening to everybody talk about how stuff is terrible. Even when, like, I too am there in the Valley of Darkness, like, talking about how things suck as well, right? Like, we're all here together. Um, but the this is one of these things where, like, for mental health, sometimes you have to take a little bit of a, like, a reevaluation mm-hmm. and say, like, yeah, stuff sucks. But I'm I'm going to try to force through a thing. And happiness is one of those those funny there's funny topics like it's a where you you can make things better through a through like a playing tricks on yourself and in in some ways like deciding that you're going to be you're going to have a more positive outlook on stuff you can make that start to occur and like i said i think it also happened to be great timing and a good time to start it with the 2017 wwdc uh but yeah i'm I'm very glad that we're past that part and um, I have to say, as a as a listener to your shows, I was always glad when when you were doing the the year of positivity, and I feel like there were there were a few moments uh, where it really came through. They're like, "Oh, there's Mike being positive about stuff." Like I can hear him doing it, and as a listener, I was appreciative. Saying it's like a mental health thing is a really good point because it was like I was just finding myself just being sad about the thing that I liked, and then having to talk about it like three times a week every week. And it's right. just like, this isn't good for my overall feeling. So mm-hmm. I decided to make a change to it and to try and see the lighter side of things. And uh, It's still a battle um, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of opinions and sometimes my opinions aren't always that things are good. But ultimately, I've been very happy. I mean, and this came out 
uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about my my general contentness in technology, which you decided to be a rain cloud over, but we don't have to worry about things like that. Uh, my general my general feeling about <laughs> technology right cloud. now I too yeah, was happy. Mm-hmm, uh, is that I'm I'm very I'm very happy with my technology right now. Uh, and I feel Me like too. I'm still on I'm still on the righteous path of the multi pad lifestyle, even though some people decided to leave it. So anyway, let's talk about your incredibly confusing uh, twenty seventeen theme. The theme the year of betrayal. <laughs> It was cool. I think you can't let other people's happiness get in the way of your happiness, Mike. Yeah, sure. That's 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 what that is. Today's episode of Cortex is brought to you in part by our friends at Hover. Building your online identity has never been more important, and Hover will help you find the domain that shows the world exactly what you are passionate about. When it comes to thinking about new projects, there is never a better time than the beginning of the year, and. Any new project comes with it a new website, and that website needs a wicked cool domain name. And that is why I have used Hover for so long for this stuff. Any project that pops into my head, I will go there and just get the domain for it. Like, what do you have to lose? Even if you just stick onto it for one year of a yearly theme, right? At least you've got it. If the name is there, you've got it. It's locked down. Hover is super, super simple. They allow you to keep your domain separate from your hosting, so you never have to get stuck with a service that doesn't meet your needs. And what I love is that they have best-in-class customer support. They have their Hover Connect feature that allows you to connect your domain to any website builder with just a few simple clicks. They do personalized email that you can match your domain. That's a super professional thing, by the way. You know, grabbing a domain name of your own and setting up an email address uh, rather than using Gmail or something, that looks real good. And, and that's a great reason to get a domain that I think most people don't really think of very much. And of course, who is privacy is free, so bad guys don't get your information. If you want to show the world what you're passionate about and set yourself up for your year, Hover is there to help make that first step. Head to hover.com slash cortex right now and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Hover for their continued support of Cortex and Relay FM. Looking back on my my past year, uh, it had a had a confusing start with a terrible name, which so I originally was calling it the year of new. And then a listener to the show, having having heard me try to wander through a bad description of what I was up to. Uh, redubbed it the year of, of redirection, which, which I like so much better, much better because you weren't actually doing anything new. So <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, in retro, I was I was going through this morning, getting ready for the show, and I was going through um, all of my records from the year and like looking stuff over. And it's funny to me because actually calling it the year of new slash redirection is actually perfect uh, because there were like a bazillion new things this year. It just it just so happens that this stuff isn't really public facing to people uh but year year of new slash redirection actually ended up being just a perfect name for the year uh but while i was while i was going through the year i was thinking of it as as the year of of redirection and what this what this meant for me was trying to think more deliberately about how i am spending my time uh, like what what things maybe have too much time? Where are some areas where I should spend uh, more time in a different way than I than I currently was? And part of this part of this was that going into 2017, I feel like I was dealing with a little bit of burnout. So I was trying to think about how can I arrange my working life in a different way, or how can I do a bunch of things in a different way uh, in that upcoming year. There, there is a little bit of a, a funny thing talking about this year because I, I realized um, that 
this again is one of these funny moments where I feel like I'm coming up against this 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 edge of like being a private person who makes his living in a very public way. And also there was just a bunch of stuff that happened business-wise that doesn't make sense really to talk about in a public way. So I, it's funny because it's like I had all of this stuff happen and I redirected a bunch of my energy and time on various projects. But so I am going to have to talk about this in like kind of a high level way. Uh, but I'm aware of that because there's a bunch of places where it's like I just I just don't either want to or it doesn't make sense really to go into the details. The laser shark business is booming. Mike, don't tell people about the laser <laughs> the sharks. Vol- the volcano lair extraction company is just <laughs> it's working excellently. You joke, but you're, you're closer than you think. Um. <laughs> oh, God, I'm still convinced that you are trying to build an office building. I am convinced of this. I absolutely 100 percent. I believe that you are are trying to build an office complex but this is a story this is a thought for Look, another I, time. I, i'd love to do it but i've got to finish my clothing assembly line first right oh, like gosh. there's only so yeah, much, there's only, so much do do. only so many industries and factories you can build upon yeah it's it's totally true um but yeah so so there's a bunch of stuff which is not obvious um to people but like one one of the things that people who pay very close who pay very close attention to the numbers would notice is like a thing that I decided to do, uh, which you were sort of referencing earlier, is I very intentionally at the beginning of 2017 decided to crank down um, my podcast output just a little bit. Uh, So if someone is going through like how many episodes were published each month, you were joking about there being more core text messages, but there totally were. And that was that was a very intentional decision on my part. Yeah, and um, this was something that we discussed and we worked out a good plan for the year and I think we were but I I was very happy with the the output of the last year's shows as well and it, yeah it was less but I don't I actually think it was a positive impact on the show overall. Yeah, and I have to say you you were great to work with uh during this time because like it's it is it is this like one person is saying like I want to pull back 15% right mm-hmm. over the course of the year. And it's like, well, it's a partnership. Like we work on this thing together. Uh, but you, you were great with this, and so that was one of the big things with with the year of of redirection for me was like this was one area where I thought the podcasts are great. They're a great way for me to spend my time. But I was also aware of like, man, I have this little bit of a feeling of burnout that it's like every week there is a show to do. And I need to have a few more times in the year where it's like, okay, I have one or two weeks in a row where there's no podcasts. And I think this is this is the case of, of being like, being an introverted person, I, I always do find that the podcasts are quite mentally draining in this very particular way. And I just needed some little bit more time to like recoup from that. That was a case where year of redirection was was great. Like just pulling back a little bit, uh, like I said, about fifteen percent was was fantastic. And it's one of these cases where it's like, okay, I'm taking a small hit business wise, but I'm getting a massive improvement like psychologically. Like I feel much better about this, and I also think it made the shows genuinely better as well to have like more yep. breaks. I would say from my perspective. Uh, less shows meant that I could prepare better for all of them. 
Mm-hmm. So, like the things that we were talking about and themes, uh, like I, I was happier with our 2017 output than our 2016 output because I had more time to come up with ideas. And it, it is worth noting that this year will probably be pretty similar. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two, and that's kind of just how we're going to be going forward because uh, it fits into both of our schedules really nicely. Because in case you'd never guessed, we travel quite a lot, oh, and God. sometimes it can be a nightmare. Uh, for us to align our travel schedules. Like th- that is an example of a thing where in one way it sounds like an easy an easy thing to say like oh, I'm just going to pull back a little bit, but I did this across like all of my various business endeavors was trying to pull back like 15% like across the board in everything I'm involved with like in everything that I do. Uh and that ended up being like a, like a whole year-long project and it was like a very carefully managed thing and trying to like balance a whole bunch of inputs and outputs like that that was a really big deal but i feel like it was a huge success and a big win on my part and there were a number of times in the year where having that like extra 15% of time really did allow me to redirect efforts and energy into other things that came up or things that ended up being new endeavors of one kind or another uh so it was it was really great for me, and I'm I'm so glad I did it. But I I remember at the beginning of of 2017, like I was looking back through my my initial planning notes, and it's like, man, I was really worried that it was going to make 2017 just a total disaster. That little bit of a pullback, but it it didn't. It was it was really a, really a great decision. A disaster in what way? Like I've never had things on regular schedules, obviously. But I feel like there, there's got to be some kind of minimum threshold below which you go that it it starts turning bad. Like, and I was worried like maybe I'm closer to whatever that minimum threshold is than I thought, and going like 15% less will bring me below that threshold. But it turned out that's not the case. Um, so it's like everything right. keeps growing, and like like we said, the show is actually doing better than they were before. So I I was just worried like how close am I to the edge? of too infrequent and maybe um i'm way closer to that edge than i think um but so no it it worked out great and like i said for me personally it was really great and it was really important during a couple of times in the year in particular yep so that that is like one of the most public facing ways that people can see something is different in uh in the year of redirection but you brought up you brought up travel mike and this is where i feel like the year of new is is a thing because <laughs> this past 2017 the amount of travel that i did exploded uh it just exploded in this totally unexpected way and i feel i feel like here's here's the best way i can because i was looking at like how much time i've spent in airports this year which is like phenomenal amount of time uh but the thing that really the thing that really hit home which just happened yesterday was at the beginning of the year i sort of knew that i was going to be doing a bunch more traveling i had a vague idea that this was a thing that was going to happen in the year and i was talking to a friend of mine about it and he convinced me to sign up for one of the airline reward programs i was like i don't know if i should like who cares like it's just stupid points it's wild to me i can't believe that you are on one well i just thought it was dumb right and 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 also like for most of my life, the amount of traveling that I did was very little, um, and it wouldn't really have mattered. But so I signed up at the beginning of the year, and you know when you sign up, 
So I signed up with uh, British Airways and it's like, they send you a card and they're like, welcome to the peasant class of rewards, right? You get nothing except this card, which now says that you're in our, you're at the bottom of our caste system. And I'm like, whatever. So yesterday I literally got a golden envelope in the mail. It's great. The golden envelope <laughs> from, is a great thing to get. Right. <laughs> from British Airways yep. that I opened up and had like, tissue paper and and this Mm -hmm. fancy thick paper and and like they're like welcome to the golden god class of travel and i was like oh god so i i have been on virgin uh for the last Mm -hmm. couple of years and i've gone through that Mm -hmm. that whole thing but i had to take a few flights with ba this year because virgin didn't serve some places so i lost my gold status uh, by oh, like no. just a hair, I lost it. So I'm now <laughs> switching over to BA because I've done BAs before, and their their progression through their system um, is much better. Like you get more for less with them. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I'm going through that right now, and probably by the end of the year, I I might get to gold because I have a a lot of travel on BA this year, including like all yeah. of my honeymoon stuff. So I think we I think I'm gonna be good. Yeah, but it's like I have to say though, when I got that golden envelope, it was a real mixed feelings moment because <laughs> it's like, oh god, this is a physical manifestation of the subjective feeling. Like I feel like I've traveled a lot this year, and it's like, no, here is manifest proof that the amount of travel I have done has just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I counted up, like even just just in the summer, I think in the space of six weeks. I stepped on 10 planes. Like it was some crazy number. Like the whole summer of travel was, was especially explosive. And then this year was, was on top of that. And this feels like a really new and very different thing in my life. And it was also the case that had I not cut back on some other work stuff that would, the com- the combination of increased business travel plus maintaining the previous year's schedule that really would have been a disaster because we we certainly ran into enough times this year of just trying to coordinate both of our schedules that it was it was really hard or we were really running up against some very narrow windows of of time we live in the same town but i think we have seen each other more this year overseas oh yeah yeah without a doubt that's that is the case um (laughs) it's it's been an interesting it's been an interesting experience um and I also feel like travel, I, I've traveled so much, I have become a very fundamentally different person with travel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm now I'm now the kind of person who doesn't have a lot of stress cutting it real close, getting to an airport. I'm st- I don't think I'm ever going to get there. I never thought I would be there either, but I've, I have become that guy. My thing is now, I don't think about the fact that I'm going to be getting on a plane very much before I do it. Right? Mm. Like... I know that, like, before I started traveling a bunch of times every year, like, thinking that I'm about to get on a plane to go to America or whatever was, like, a big thing that was in my mind for a bit, right? But now it's kind of just, like, I'll pack, but I'm not really thinking about it. And I pack the day before, and then I just wake up and go to the airport. Like, it's like going to – this is such a terrible thing to say, I guess. But it's like going to get a train now because Mm -hmm. I fly so much, right? And and the reason we both do this is – Basically, everybody that we work with, by and large, lives in America. So there's so many mm-hmm. businessy things that occur, which right. require us to be on the other side of the ocean. So that yeah. I do it so many times now that it's it's like any kind of form of transport, which is a way healthier way to consider air travel. 
um, because you don't fret about it. I, I always found myself fretting about it because there are so many things about the process that are meant to make you fret about it. And I'm now happier that I don't need to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of travel fretting that is gone. Uh, part of that is being part of a member's rewards program, mm -hmm. uh, which has which has advantages like, for me, a huge psychological advantage is being able to pick a seat uh, further and further ahead in time. So it's like, I know I really do not want to be penned in in a, in a window seat on an airplane if I can possibly avoid it. And so like getting, getting an aisle seat is extraordinarily psychologically important to me when I'm flying. And so being able to like book and get that way in advance makes a big difference. But yeah, also just like the pure familiarity with travel has has definitely decreased the amount of, of fretting and has made some things possible, which would have been a huge, a huge deal, like, a, like an inconceivably large deal otherwise. And I'll just I'll briefly relay a story that I feel like encompasses the entirety of of my travel year. But I had traveled so much this year that come December, I had decided there's going to be no more travel. I cannot do any more flights. It's too much. It's all too disruptive. I don't. I don't want to do it. And it's like that was one of the reasons why like, I was really interested in going to PodCon, but I, I was like, I can't get on one more plane because it's. I've just flown too much this year. And it's a long one. It takes a long yeah, time a to get to yeah. Seattle. Turns out. Yeah, it takes a long time to get to Seattle. But I, w I was thinking like, oh, but I can stay on Great Master time. It'll all be fine. Right? As like, I was trying to scheme it out, but the rational part of my brain said like too many flights dude you just can't do this decide that there is a travel veto on december no more traveling and i decided it and i thought okay that's great and then for reasons for reasons that i can't go into the details we'll just say that this is one of the the many problems of being a self-employed dual citizen where one of those citizenships is america uh america makes it real difficult for self-employed people living abroad but it turned out I found out on Christmas Eve that I needed to go to America to sign a document before the end of the year. And so I ended up at the very last minute between Christmas and New Year's buying a plane ticket to go to America for 36 hours yep. to return and fly back before New Year's. And while <laughs> that, like, that was an enormous pain in the ass... There was a part of me which, because I had done so much travel, I was like, you know what? I can just deal with this, right? It's not, it was not something I wanted to do, but had I not done a ton of flying otherwise, it, that would have been a, a incredible psychological problem. But I was, but, but I just, I just had this feeling of resignation of like, I guess I'm going to America for 36 hours to sign a single piece of paper that before the end of the calendar year. Like, okay, here I go. Yeah, that, that <laughs> really summed up a difference in you. Like, and I noticed it because we were chatting over Christmas mm -hmm. and I knew I was seeing you over the New Year's period and you told me that you were getting on a plane and I was like, that's a different man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's changed. He's changed. Yeah. What I loved about that, though, is even when I checked in, the, the gate agent looked at my ticket and she's like, you're going to America for 36 hours? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. That don't judge correct, me. <laughs> you don't know my struggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was totally nuts. But I felt like that was the perfect encapsulation. I decided there's no more travel. And of course, at the 11th hour, something else comes up, which is like, this is mandatory travel. You have no option about it. Uh, like, okay, guess it's going to happen. Um, 
So I feel like looking back on my past year, the the amount of travel, the amount of new locations, like that is a huge difference in in what was occurring over the previous year. The other major thing, though, which was related to my year of new and year of redirection was while you were doing time tracking for the first time last year, I was deciding to try to time track everything in my life for the previous year. And I have to say, I feel like that was also a really great thing to do. And I've, I've really appreciated this... I don't know. I don't even know how to phrase it, but I feel like there is... I don't know how to say this in a way that's not going to sound to people like it's a bad thing, because I mean, it's, I mean it in a very good way. But I, f- I feel like having done this for a long period of time of trying to keep track of not just working hours, but also like leisure time or socializing time or any any kind of time. I, I really have like a mental clock in my head that is running and that will that will sound bad to people. But what I mean by it is I feel like it's established a real kind of in the moment presence in a lot of the things that I do. So like, again, like, okay, so the worst way that people would think about it is like, if I'm socializing with someone, I do keep track of my socializing time, but it's not like I'm there on my watch and it's like, oh God, how much time am I spending with this person? Bleep bloop, 10 personality yeah, exactly. points allocated. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's much more this feeling of like, I have decided to spend time with this person and I'm going to be as mentally here in the moment as I possibly can be. And I, I feel like this is, this is a mental improvement that has been booted up in my brain by trying to always have a timer running in the background so that I'm just time tracking my entire life. So I, I feel like it, it has made me much more present focused than than would otherwise than would otherwise be the case so i'm i would not recommend that everybody do this thing that i have done like i really think it is on the edge of crazy to try to time track an entire life but i have found it really good and it has it has been a worthwhile thing to do after having already been for years familiar with the idea of doing just time tracking around more specific activities yeah i i think i have an example of this too because because i do ultimately think that that what you do is way more than i would want to do but once you Mm -hmm. get into time tracking as a as a concept that exists in your life um you're able to apply it to some different things so as is always with human beings i am trying to make a more concerted effort of taking care of my health Uh, Mm -hmm. and right now that is meaning to exercise more now i'll give you a fact about mike hurley Mike Hurley hates exercise. I have tried so many different things. I have never, ever enjoyed physical activity. I didn't enjoy PE in school. <laughs> I just don't. I, for whatever reason, I'm not good at any of it, and, and I don't like it. It's just how I am. I, there, I do not get a good feeling from going to the gym, no matter what I do. I just don't. I, I know that this is something that people get and, and whatever and endorphins and blah, blah, blah. I, I never get a good feeling out of it. Yeah, f*** those people. That's my yeah, feeling. <laughs> exactly. The only type of activity that I enjoy is swimming. I like to swim. Uh, I'm pretty decent at it. I enjoy it. 
Uh, and it's, I believe, to be a pretty good workout. Now, the problem problem that I have is that there, where I live, there are not a lot of places I can swim. Mm-hmm. So I have to travel somewhere to go to a pool and travel back. And the problem that I was seeing was I believed that it was taking too much time for me to complete this activity and that it was eating into my days too significantly. So I decided to time track it. I was like, oh, I'll, let's find out, shall I? Like, I've, I've had this feeling a bunch before, so let's find out. Uh, I was right. It was taking too much time. Um, so I have optimized some of the travel to and from the the place that I'm going to. So like I've tried to find ways to cut down the travel time and to build it into days differently. But I got the answer that I needed from actually doing some real time tracking to see how many hours this, this thing was taking. You know, I was right. finding that it was taking me like three hours to do 45 minutes of swimming. Right. right? Well, that's not good, is it? Right. Like that's no. not efficient. So I've found ways to cut that down by like a third. So it's like, okay, so I let me try and see how I can, can build this in. So yeah, that, that that's just some, like a, an example of when you get into the time tracking mindset, you can use real data to prove theories or disprove theories and then action mm-hmm. upon them. That's, that's what the benefit for me is of, of seriously time tracking. But I am mm-hmm. not, I am not of the inclination to, to do what you do yeah like I, I i don't want to track the time that i spend playing nintendo like i don't i don't need to see that right like i'm good <laughs> i'm good let's just assume that all of the time that isn't work time is spent playing nintendo and then we're good <laughs> yeah but see this this is why I, I like doing the whole lifetime tracking because a, a thing that we when we get to what our, our themes for the next year are i'll, I'll talk a little bit about more but it does then, if you're trying to do the whole life tracking, there is there is data in like the missing data. And that's an interesting thing to look at is to say like, oh, when, you know, I'm awake 16 hours a day and like, but how many hours did I actually get in the day? And then that, that missing piece becomes an interesting piece of data of like, where did that time go? Or why is it that during this week uh, or this month, I was clearly way worse at time tracking than, than other times. Um, and so I, I, I like having that because I feel like there is this sense of uh, like information in the negative space of the time tracking. If you're trying to be really complete in, in what's occurring, but we can talk more about that later. But I mean, I guess I'll just say that the, the year of new and the year of redirection was sort of, vague much more vague than the year of less was for me which had this really precise meaning but I, I still feel like a lot of what i was trying to do i did i feel much better about my work-life balance there were some things last year that made me um think about like just how i how i spend like family time and wanting to try to increase that and like that is definitely a thing that i accomplished you know there were a bunch of just like new things that I did, new experiences, like there's some new business ventures, like there's just a bunch, there was a bunch of like new stuff that was great because I had been able to redirect how I spent some of my time into those new things. Like that's the balance. Like it it wasn't that you were necessarily seeking out these new things, but by redirecting Mm -hmm. your time, new things could, could come to you. Mm -hmm. It's it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, that is the way I think that it ended up balancing out. Because I don't know if you necessarily set out the year to be like, I need some new business ventures. 
Uh, I don't know if necessarily that was what you were thinking. Like when you open up space, things become available. So I feel I feel like that was that was really good. I guess in some ways I feel like I I had much more of the advantages and fewer of the disadvantages of being a self-employed person during the year of redirection. Like I think that's that's largely what happened. Like I did some analysis. Yeah. I did like a like an 80/20 analysis of where where are the pain points in my life and where are the benefit points in my life and realized that was a little bit off and worked to reduce the things that were causing pain and increase the number of things which were causing enjoyment so i feel like that that's the summation of like year of redirection ended up being the year that i was able to benefit more from being a self-employed person than i had in previous years yeah because you could do whatever you wanted right there was more of that feeling of like i can i can pick and choose and do the things that i want to do without the feeling of like i am bound into the things that i must do there was kind of a yeah. little bit more flexibility in there yeah i mean I, w- I always think this that there's a it's a thing a thing i see with a lot of people and it's very natural for it to happen but it's like you, i don't know how to phrase but there's like there's this way that being successfully self-employed you can end up just building yourself a golden cage and I feel like in 2016, I came a little close to that edge or closer to that edge than I really want to be. And that's a thing that I'm always very conscious of. And then like 2017 was was riding that ship a little better. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Casper is the company focused on sleep and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. If you were to track your sleep, you'd see that you spend close to a third of your life sleeping. And if you spent a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's as best as possible. That's why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver the mattress directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. But I think you're going to like it, because I first had the chance to try a Casper during my very hectic summer of travel, and I really loved it, and just a few days ago, my wife and I ordered a Casper to replace our current mattress. It's really great. It's really comfortable. So to start sleeping on a Casper, visit casper.com slash Cortex and use Cortex at checkout. This will get you $50 towards select mattresses. Once again, that's casper.com slash Cortex and offer code Cortex for $50 towards select mattresses. Thanks to Casper for supporting the show. So I have two themes for 2018 starting out, which is also being coupled with my <laughs> Wait a second. third theme, which is running into a June. Yeah, so you're going to have three overlapping themes. That's what's going to happen? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so it will make sense when you hear them. So, so one of the themes of my year uh, is the year of adulting. I am going to become a serious adult this year. Is, is oh, my okay. <laughs> it's time to get serious. Because well, this year, I turned 30 years old, and I'm getting married. 
It's pretty serious. Yeah, I feel like these are, are pretty serious big adult things that will occur. Yeah. So that's, I know that's just going to be a prevailing thing in, in yeah. my life this year. I, I don't believe there are any significant actions to it, um, but they are just guiding a lot of things that are happening. So especially my yeah. wedding, it, it is guiding a lot of activity um, and f- focus this year um, in, in a way that I am going to take my foot off the gas a little bit more with some work stuff this year because I have a very serious big event going on. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's kind of a thought. And, and really, I don't think that it will... No one will see it, right? No, it, it's kind of in a way less than what, what you did. Like, I, I'm not going to pull back on a bunch of stuff, but it's just informing some things that I'm going to be doing and, and kind of how, how I'm going to be approaching some projects that are existing and new um, because I'm going to be having this 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 huge thing going on in my life this year, which I'm very excited about, um, but it's obviously going to make an impact on me, which is a great thing um, about being self-employed is that I'm able to make those decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was like uh, it was like when I w- when was buying the house, and I remember saying on the show about like it's like a job of its own. And I don't mm. know how people, I just don't know how people do it, including me. I don't know how I did it. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's a similar thing, like getting married, it's like a job of its own. Um, and that's why there is an entire industry of wedding planners that exist, because it is like a big, huge project to manage. Yeah, it's a giant logistical challenge on many levels. Yeah. Probably the biggest logistical thing that I will ever be involved with. Uh, so yeah, that's that's informing a lot. So that's one thing, but there's there's less kind of actions from that. And okay, so this this might sound in contrast to the previous thing that I just spoke about, but let me mm-hmm. try and explain. 2018 will also be for me the year of branching out. So I have some things that I want to do. I have some new things that I want to try. And I want to see if it's something that I'm able to do. So, like, one of those things is uh, more live shows. I love doing live shows, and but they are they're they're a real bear to arrange. And we did more in 2017 than we've done in 2016, and I want to continue that. Um, I don't have any handle on what that's going to be. I have no plan. We have no plan, like significant plan right now but we want to do more of them right so we want to tr- we want to hopefully do one at WWDC this year which we didn't do last year so you know no plans but it's just hopes and so that is a big thing cuz it doing any time you add another live show into the calendar like it's a it's a big logistical challenge and i am very lucky in that i have steven to manage that stuff steven is very good at putting together live shows my co-founder at relay and it's something that he has developed in his skill set but for me, if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm involved in hosting them, that is huge for me. So like before I do any type of live show, I go into an almost catatonic state. <laughs> okay. I can't talk to anybody, uh, and I really get kind of like focused on it in a very significant way. It, like for like an hour before, I'm like sick. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's stage fright. I don't know what it is. Because as soon as we start, I'm great, fine. I can do Mm -hmm. it. But I I feel like I always need to prepare more. And so I kind of get into this like zone for a while. So there there, there are always a lot to do, but it's something that 
I get great pleasure from when we do them. Like I love doing it. Uh, so we want to try and do more of that. And then hmm. trying new ideas is is probably the bigger thing for me. And I mean, I've I've made hints to this in the past that there is an idea in my brain which is it is a podcast idea. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's ever going to happen because it's so different to anything else that I have done. Um, but I have been stewing on this idea for about six months and it won't mm-hmm. go away. It keeps coming back. It's a back. good sign. Yeah. That, that's what, like, so that's that. Okay. So that's one of the big things, right? 2016, Mike would have already launched this project. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But 2017, Mike learned to wait. So I'm still sitting on it, but it's something that I really want to do. And uh, I saw Hamilton last week in London mm-hmm. and it's only made it worse because Hamilton was created by one person and it is this incredible, incredible thing, which I urge anyone to go and see if you can because it's probably the greatest single piece of media I've ever consumed. It is a tour de force. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was just going to say here, like I haven't seen Hamilton I was aware, whatever it was, like last year when it first came out, that I started hearing everybody in the world talk about and overhype this thing. And I, and, and I, I got like sick of hearing people talk about Hamilton. And I was like, ah, this is ridiculous, whatever. Like, this is just like a fad. But then I felt like my mind was changed because I uh, last year I watched Moana. And I was like, man, the music in this was just amazing. Yeah. Like, I just made this. This was so fantastic. Like, this music is great and and i thought like this is one of the best movie watching experiences i've had in a really long time and i and i did a thing which i'd never do which is like who made this movie <laughs> and i looked up and it's like oh turns out that the guy who made hamilton did all the music for this and i was like ah okay maybe this hamilton thing is worth seeing great hamilton is in london it's gonna be here forever please try and get tickets to it and i advise anyone to do what i did because i think this is great don't listen to the music beforehand experience okay, who would, who it would do that who would do so that? many people because honestly you can and it's fine and you can get it but see it uh so yeah. obviously i i have no delusion of grandeur here i don't think i can create something that is of the scale of hamilton no, see, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. Mike's going to make... Right? Hamilton 2. Mike's working on Jefferson right now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. But it was, it was just... Uh, because what, what I want to do is a, big, is a big project, is a huge project. It's something that I don't know if I have the skills or capabilities to do. But seeing something created by one individual is very inspiring to me because it's like, well, it shows that people are able to do these types of things. So mm-hmm. maybe I can make something that's okay. So it it's only basically what is happening to me is I have this idea and everything is inspiring me, right? So many mm-hmm. things that I'm seeing are like pushing me to be like, see, you can do this stuff. People can do this stuff. Maybe you can. So uh, it's only feeding the flame and yeah, uh, People could probably guess what I have going on in my mind if they pay attention to the clues. You, if you guess it, you're probably right. But it's it's a project that I don't know if I had the capability to do. But mm-hmm. 2018, I will make the decision. By the mm-hmm. end of this year, I'll have either done it or I'm never going to do it. I'm, I'm setting right. that for myself. It's like you can't keep doing this forever 
if you want to try and make a go of this thing, you've got to do it this year. So we'll see. That's that's so my 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 bigger theme this year is branching out, trying some new big projects, um, but also being mindful of not just trying anything and everything that comes to my mind, like I learned in twenty seventeen. Well, I, I look forward to seeing your enormous project at some point, or Hamilton not seeing two, it coming to <laughs> coming to Broadway. <laughs> yeah, but I think that like what you just said there is also a, like a great um, a great point about like deciding that you're you're going to do this thing or you're going to have to let it go like and and because otherwise you can't just keep having it in the back of your mind for forever um and i think that's a it's an interesting it's an interesting point to have with that um so yeah i wish you i wish you all the best of luck with that mike thank you uh, i hope it i hope it turns out well and all the live shows you're going to arrange that we're going to do right you're going to how many live shows do you want to commit to 10 Zero, zero. <laughs> uh, I'm committing to zero right now, Mike. That's how the Cortex many World Tour. To. Cortex World Tour. Uh, how many dates do you have? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your theme for 2018? Okay, so we need a little bit of a run up to this because when I was recapping my year, it's mostly talking about how it was great. Like, year of redirection, very happy, things worked out well. But there is an alternative name that I could have given that year, looking in retrospect. And I think I could have called 2017, standing now at the beginning of 2018, the year of chaos. Because while, while I had... <laughs> that I'd would have been a back... really bad name to give it proactively. <laughs> well, yeah, no, obviously. Proactively, that's not the name to give the thing. But retroactively, I think I'm going to always think of 2017 as like this year of chaos. Um, because th- this year was just a year where I felt like I never had any real consistent schedule for any significant length of time. I feel like things were just all over the place. And again, I do like to try to verify this kind of stuff. So when I was like reviewing all the documentation I had from the previous year, the data totally bears this out that that last year was a a, a year that was just all over the place in every metric I can think of. Um, and so like like one one of the things that I was mentioning before about the negative space and time tracking, like I was looking over the year and I could see, like I wanted to see how how well did I do with this time tracking? and my mental my mental framework is, that on a, on any particular day, I should have 12 hours. Like 12 hours is the bare minimum of competency. 14 hours is good. And like 16 hours is the theoretical maximum of how much time I would be tracking in a day. And the median day for the whole year was like 13 and a half hours, which I was pretty happy with. But if you break it down by months, some months I'm tracking 15 and a half hours a day. Like I'm doing great. And a couple of months, particularly in the summer and in April, I've got like six hours a day, right? Like total disaster across the board in terms of of the time tracking. And it's like, yeah, I remember those months. I remember I decided like the hell with this. I can't possibly do it at all. So I just have like a string of zero days in a row because I'm like, I can't, I can't psychologically deal with this today. I've just got too much. Um, and I looked at things like records of exercise and like records of health and it's like crazy lines all over the place of like how frequent were you frequent were you exercising it's like crazy or like um 
like things with uh like other health stuff like diet stuff it's like okay it's like okay great i have this stretch of time where everything is perfect and i was really focusing on and then it just goes to total disaster later um and like i think a huge portion of that was just i am not a person who was used to the travel so it's like i can see that it's like the calm pond of my life is totally destroyed with ripples and waves every time a rock of an airplane is thrown into it. Uh, and it's like, this this really takes things out of place. But even on top of that, like, I can, I can just see again from the records, like, I was really bad last year about things like weekly reviews and trying to stay on top of stuff. Um, I think it wasn't, wasn't helped by my, like, sort of abandoning task managers for a while as well, which, like, went into this theme of, like, year of chaos. Yeah, I, I still, I honestly still can't get my head around that. Like, I, I don't feel like I was ever satisfied with the reasoning in which you were doing it. Like, it, it just it never clicked for me. I, I feel like that that was a mistake that you made in the year, to well, be honest. Well, I think I needed to pull back from some of that stuff. But that was a little bit of, like, redirection like I'm, I'm going to just like let this kind of go um but so what I, what I feel like with last year it had this this experience where high level things were really great it was a really successful year but on like the low level it was totally this this like year of chaos so my theme for the upcoming year is the year of order that there is going to be order in 2018 oh yeah yes chaos to order so good yeah you you had a brain wave when you came up with that one i like it it's been itching it's been under my skin for you know maybe since mid-december i started was thinking about this because as as we were coming up to our year themes i was like i don't really have a year theme like i'm just wishy like whatever and as i started to think about i was like this is what it is it's the year of order is 2018 um and I've, I've sort of started on this in some ways but there's like there's like a sentence in my mind which i feel like is this this guiding sentence for the year which is like the work isn't the work the system is the work and so i, I feel like i've set up a bunch of stuff already to try to help with it's like okay in the morning like you get up and the first thing that you do is is the writing and like it doesn't matter how much you write or if it's good at all because the system is the work the work isn't the work like one of my real focuses this year is i'm still expecting that there's going to be a lot of travel like i can already see my calendar has a bunch of dates already in the future like oh god here we go um but i think there can be a real difference when i'm going I'm going into the year expecting and acknowledging like there is going to be travel. There are going to be disruptions, but I cannot allow them to be as disruptive as they were last year. Cause I feel like last year I was really caught off guard by a lot of that kind of stuff. So for me, one of the things is like reestablishing a very clear schedule and sequence of, of habits to follow. Like that is one of the big things for me in the year and it's really interesting because uh i'm coming back to you off the off the end of a of a gregation off in the snowy wastelands meditating on this idea of the year of order you're on a leadership yeah, retreat my, my wife literally has has started to call these things that i do she's like you're going on corporate retreats for one 
Like that's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, she's, and it's, it's like, yes, that is 100% the case. Set up a little table from the name plaques and then you move around the table depending on what, what you need to be talking about, you know? Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, there's, there's brainstorming on whiteboards of like, where's the company going to go for the next year? How do you build the human pyramid? <laughs> that's, a, that's an excellent question. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so like, Here's the thing that was, was interesting to do. So I, I, I had actually set up as, as part of the year of redirection, um, I had set up in advance this period of time at the beginning of 2018 to be like this dedicated, uh, gray incorporated company retreat. And because it was really useful last year and like, I want to do this again next year. But I was really aware that when I do these trips, normally I can very quickly get into like a great schedule and I had a freaking brutal time this year forcing my brain back into this regular schedule. And I was just like, ah, I can see, like, I'm just not used to this because my year has been so chaotic that my brain is like bucking the idea that we've got to, we've got to bust out the order again. And it, it was just, it was an interesting experience to have of like, it's taking me a lot of time to force this change. And it, it reminded me of back uh, back when I was adulting and when I did my teacher training program and realized like this is the first thing I've ever come up against in my life where I can't just slack my way through and I actually need to figure out like how to organize myself to be able to to get things done. And I remember that was a really difficult mental time of like, man, I'm so used to just sliding on through life, but suddenly I, I can't do that now. And I have to like become a different person in order to succeed in this endeavor. Uh, so being being on my like corporate retreat, I was just aware of like, man, this is real evidence that the past year has been a very chaotic year because this thing, which is normally not a lot of effort for me to do to like click back into a regular schedule is actually quite hard for me to do. Like even things like waking up at a consistent time in the morning, like just brutal, but it's evidence that like, when I look at my health data, like my sleep schedule is all over the place for the past year. Um, so that's, that's a big part of it is this idea that like, it is the routine, like the routine is the work, the work isn't the work. And I'm really going to be focusing on that a lot. That's, that's one of the, the really big things. There is a, there is like a little sub part of the year of order, which I, I haven't, I haven't quite figured out precisely what this is yet. But it comes out of the time tracking, which is this idea of like a war on unintentionality. So one of the things with time tracking that I actually mentioned in those early episodes is I do try to keep track of what I think of as like unintentional time where I'm doing something, but it's not really like on purpose. I'm not being intentional about the thing that I'm doing. And so... I have this idea that like part of the year on order, there's like a sub front, which is the war on unintentionality. And so that, that can be things like, for example, social media, like spending less time on social media or the time that I spend on social, me social media is more intentional rather than unintentional. Um, so that's, that's a thing like looking over my time tracking data is I find the amount of unintentionality time registered in the last year is like it's too much i don't like it and i feel like i want a much higher percentage of the time in my life to be intentional versus unintentional so that's that's another like 
part of this idea, but that part is much less well-formed uh, than just the idea of like 2018 is the year of order. I'm going to bring order to the world. So jealous of your name. <laughs> you really went from just like atrocious name to excellent name, right? <laughs> 2017 was just bad name and 2018 is real good name. But it, it has to be because I really think I could not survive another year of redirection. Like I, I think I would just, I would just lose it if I had another unstructured year. Like the, the redirection year was like a, just a course correction change. You can't mm-hmm. do that every year forever. Like that's not exactly, how that yeah. works, right? Like restructuring things takes some time and you do it once and then you do it again in like five years time. Like it yeah. would be pointless to, to do what you did last year every year. Because you'd never get anything done, right? right? You're just constantly changing your business, but not actually producing anything. It's not really right. a benefit to that. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Year of order, 2018. Oh man, I just as you said that, I just got a push notification in Todoist that just says to work on big project idea. It's calling to you, Mike. I want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this show. Please take it upon yourself if you are a freelancer, to sign up for FreshBooks. Now is the time. I'm going to mention it again. It's New Year's time. It's time to make some changes. Make this your yearly theme to get your finances in order. And one of the ways to do that is to sign up for FreshBooks. We have been using them for our invoices since day one of RelayFM. And it has drastically reduced the amount of time, aggravation, and hassle it takes for me to get my job done. FreshBooks can save up to 192 hours for freelancers with their cloud accounting software because it's so easy to use. You get notifications that tell you what you need to be focused on. You can automate late payment email reminders so you don't have to spend time chasing people. You can even see when somebody's looked at your invoice so you just know. You know it's there. You know it's been opened. You can even see if it's been printed. It helps put an end to those guessing games. It's more than just invoices. You can set up projects with your clients and share documents. You can also have all of your expenses run through. It is a full system. If you're not using FreshBooks yet, now is the time to try it because they are offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for Cortex listeners with no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash Cortex. That is freshbooks.com slash Cortex. And when it tells you how did you hear about them, say that you heard about them from this very show. Our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of the Cortex podcast and Relay FM. So I asked from the Cortex Twitter account, uh, which is at underscore Cortex FM, if you're interested in following the account, for some uh, Ask Cortex questions related to yearly themes. We have answered throughout the course of this conversation a lot of them. Uh, uh, (laughs) there were actually quite a few a surprising amount of people that wanted to know about time tracking so there you go you've got it right those (laughs) those of you who care about time tracking you've definitely got that conversation this time but there were a couple that i wanted to uh to ask you and for us to think about Uh, tony asked how do your themes inform your use of devices and or your favorite apps now i could say for me um the one of the big projects that I'm trying to work on requires a lot more planning than usually a show that I would do requires. It needs more writing to it. It needs more thought. It needs more outlining. So I'm more heavily using notes than I would uh, typically. I will be using Bear more for longer pieces of writing. And I'm thinking about using something like uh, an app like MindNode, 
which is like a, mm. a mind mapping application to to try and yeah, plan out some some big things, some big overarching ideas, and to try and get my thoughts more compiled. Um, so I think that because of the way that me and you work, the themes always inform the app choices because this is how we get our work done is with these apps. So it does change. I mean, I guess for you, year of order will mean finally getting your project management in check. Yeah, we can talk about that on another show. But yes. <laughs> I'll say that there's... Um... Two years ago, one of the things that I did, which I, I need to do again for a variety of reasons, is I actually I sat down with um, GoodNotes, my my favorite handwriting app, and I was just writing out what all of the devices were in my life. Like, okay, which which iPads and computers do I have? Like, where are they? Like, what's here's here's I have a phone, I have a watch, and I just sat down with that list for a long time and sort of thought very intentionally about what are each of these devices four uh and so i think this is a thing that people don't really do like they just sort of happen to let devices do whatever but i'm a big fan of of artificial restrictions around devices and um um, i'm definitely intending to again sit down and, and really think through like what is the minimum viable use for the various devices in my life? Like I'm not interested in devices that can do absolutely everything all the time. I'm interested in being really intentional about what they can do. So uh, when I was doing it two years ago, part of what I was thinking about is like what notifications can be seen where? And you know what, what devices do I have access to at different times in the day? And so therefore, what kinds of things do I want to be able to do on them? And then setting up the devices as much as was possible so that those actions are the only things that are possible to do on those devices. Uh, so I feel like the, the year theme fits into that because it's, it's the idea of what do you want these devices to do for you in your life? And uh, yeah, with the year of order, I, I definitely have a bunch of restructuring to do with all of the devices in my life. And Jonathan asked, what tools or mechanisms do you use to keep track of your yearly themes? Do you review your progress frequently? Do you do anything like this? There are things like I have a bunch of questions that I kind of work through. And yeah, one of the one of the questions is it's not exactly a question, but it's like a it's a note at the top of the document that like this is the year of, of whatever. Um, and, and that's a thing that just exists to keep it to keep it more present in my mind as the year is going along. But what about you? I don't say I don't think I have a necessary structure because like the first time I did it was last year. And the thing that I was doing, which is time tracking in and of itself is a review, which is constant. Right. So it wasn't really like I had to sit down and I don't do the reviews the way that you do. That's not a thing that I do, mm. um, especially as well. A lot of my, my work is kind of it's self-structured in that way. Like, that's true, yeah. I am very focused on quarter to quarter because that's how my business operates. So I don't really have to sit down and do a performance review of myself because the I can see it on a spreadsheet how the business right. is doing and course correct where needed. Um, I mean, maybe if I want to continue doing my year of branching out, it might require more reviews because these are things which are bigger than mm -hmm. numbers. These are different things. Like last year, I could still really look at numbers more and those numbers were in of themselves just easy to see how it was going. But my branching out stuff, it's a lot more fluffy than mm -hmm. last year's <laughs> yeah. goals, right? So it may require 
some progress reviews. I haven't worked that out yet, but it's probably something I should think about. And Jeff asked, what is some advice you would give to someone looking to get their theme in place? Oh, number one advice. Don't don't try to do it quickly. Yeah. Don't, like, don't listen to this show and think, oh, I have an idea for a theme and my theme for the year is going to be this. Right. I, like, I think what has happened in all of these cases is it's been a kind of slow build. This idea of like, hmm, I think I need a theme for the year or or like, what is my theme for the year going to be? And it's useful to have that as something that's on the back burner and not something that you just instantly decide. Because if you feel like you go into the state where you're thinking about what the theme should be, I feel like that helps you be more observant in your own life about what needs to happen. Like, and that's definitely what happened to me this year where uh, coming out of the year of chaos, I thought like, oh, my chaotic life doesn't need a year theme. But simply being aware like, oh, I'm going to talk to Mike about it at the end of January started booting up a little process where I noticed and thought much more about how my life was going and the things that I wanted to change in my life. So without a doubt, do, don't be hasty with your year themes, right? Like, let it, yeah. let it simmer for a while. Like the idea of yearly themes came to me when you started talking about the year of less. I didn't have a theme mm. that year. I had a theme the next year because we spent the entire year mm-hmm. talking about themes. So it like was embedding in my mind. So honestly, I would say try if you think that yearly themes are good, then aim to have one in 2019. Like spend mm. this next year with that in mind and you know maybe you could do what i did maybe in june come up with a six month theme so like a theme for the rest of your year but if something isn't jumping out to you immediately like of course that's what it is like it's the clouds have parted and the idea has come to your mind then just Mm. spend some time rolling around this idea in your brain that you want to have a yearly theme listen to us talking about our themes as we progress throughout the year and stuff like that and then work out what yours could be just through kind of like osmosis of having this thinking um don't don't push it or i might i might suggest if if you want to get started a little sooner uh it might be perfectly fine to do like how i review my life in terms of like seasons like thinking about things more intentionally every season quarterly like maybe start as it smaller tends to be called gray quarterly remember like this is how no, everybody like else seasons, in the world right? works no, i know i, like I know this how you like it's it it's much better it's no, much more no, it's, it's much more romantic mike work. to call it a season yes, right of course it is but is that what we is that how we think of our work now <laughs> i really appreciate the vague boundaries of seasons mm. i don't like the precision of the quarter i, I like the vague boundary of the season Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I think also maybe breaking it down into into smaller chunks like that might might be helpful for just starting out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think that the not starting urgently is the main thing. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Good luck with your year themes.